Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I'm your host, Jacob Milham, and it is Sunday night, so you know what that means. I am joined by our editor, the fearless Max Reaper. Max, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, Jacob. How are you doing tonight? Doing all right. Uh, body and mind are still getting used to the uh, the lost hour of daylight savings time. I have a feeling that Monday morning is going to be a little bit rougher than uh, than usual, but we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah, I appreciate having the sunlight this this late, and I appreciate that they do this over spring break so that my kids aren't yeah. like thrown off uh, for school. But I but I, I do have to be, remember that um, dogs don't understand daylight savings, so they <laughs> still want to get fed at the same time each morning or what they perceive to be the same time. So always keep that in mind with uh, daylight savings. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to be woken up by the dogs at like four or five o'clock in the morning tomorrow, thinking that's the time to time to go outside and get the day started. Uh, but you know, we're we're humans. We gotta we gotta keep up with the uh, with the clock and keep it rolling along. And speaking of keeping things rolling along, the Kansas City Royals have been doing just that. They are now sitting at fourteen and two in spring training action. They just they had to eke out a little one. You know, got a little tight against the. Cleveland Guardians today, but they they got a seven to six win and some really standout stuff. Uh, Matt Beattie, two home runs, three RBIs, three for three day for him. And then of all people, Darion Blanco, he hit a home run and had two RBIs. So some good stuff from the from the Sunday action. And if you if you tuned in, you were actually able to watch the game on Saturday. So that was good to see. Max, I, I am curious. Do you think more fans would be in Engaged with spring training if all the games were televised? That's a good question. I, you know, maybe to a little, to an extent, I, I get why they're not on TV more. I mean, they're yeah. mostly during the day when most people are working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like it's spring training, like, you know, I'm, even I'm a pretty big baseball fan and I'm not watching a lot of the games that are on TV necessarily, at least not all, all of them, because they're yeah. exhibition games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think it will, it will be interesting, you know, with, uh, we, there's a lot of, you know, uh, I think change coming to broadcasting and in, in, in baseball. Uh, and if baseball wants to bring some of this in house, maybe it's easier at that point to start putting just as much content on as possible, but there is, you know, there's a cost to putting a game on. I mean, you got to pay for the cameraman, you got to pay for, you know, the broadcasting team to be there. You know, I don't know how much of that costs, but it's not nothing. So I understand why they don't have all the games on, but um, uh, yeah, it might, it might generate a little more interest. So, uh, and I, it, it, at least it's kind of frustrating that they don't, they, at least they don't just put like a, a camera behind 
center yeah. field and maybe don't have a broadcast team, but at least we can see what's happening. Cause we do know there are a lot of cameras there. Uh, so I would at least like to see, you know, game action. Well, and that's what, so that's why I'm a little bit curious about because I'm, I'm looking at the wrap for today's game, the Royals guardians game. And they, they have highlights like they're they're taking right. at least like two angle video of each game already and honestly if you're if you're just overlaying the radio broadcast i'd i'd be a happy man i i like the radio broadcast i like the the royals team so far during spring i think they sound really good and very cohesive and you don't need all the fancy replays and pregame, postgame during spring training. I just want something at least. But that's that's just me. I have a I have a job where I can uh, I can have the little little spring training feed going on down at the corner of my screen, and no one will say anything. So I'm a little uh, I'm a little partial to uh, today games during the season. But yeah, and more people and more people are like that too. They want to stream the games, and they're and a lot of people work from home now, so. It kind of makes sense to at least provide that access, if nothing more, even if it's a money loser for baseball, to just mm-hmm. generate excitement and hey, hey, look at there, here's your team, and you know these are fake games, so you can't get too, you can't even get depressed if your team gets buried in the standings. Is you know in a couple of weeks <laughs> it'll be zero zero, you know win zero, everyone will be zero and zero again. So uh, yep. it makes sense to kind of provide a little more content for uh, for for fans. So maybe we'll see that down the road. That is true. That is true. And speaking of watching games, there have been some some updates in the Diamond Sports uh, bankruptcy. I do want to shout out John Orand of Sports Business Journal. He put out a pretty good like, hey, what's going to happen? Here's what is going on right now. So if you see in the headlines, Diamond Sports is expected to file for bankruptcy later on this week uh, by Friday, March 17th, according to him. Now, the the games will still will still go on. They will still be streamed and broadcasted as usual. Um, apparently, the only affected team is going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they have some some deal worked out with with just them. And it's it sounds like it's just going to be the status quo, at least for the season, at least until major league baseball steps up and, and does something they have been putting some stuff together. Like they've been hiring more executives to, to possibly take this over. But Max, we've talked about it before. It's going to be a big undertaking for major league baseball to take over broadcasting and streaming every single game for all these teams. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see if they just, basically take over the ballet's broadcasting team and says, okay, we'll pay you, you know, for now since you're, I, I don't know like, all the ins and outs of that. There was a development. I don't know if you saw the New York post had an article today on Sunday about the, that the diamond will go bankrupt this week. I think the 17th okay. is expecting it mm-hmm. and that uh, MLB will take over the broadcast of six teams and at least four teams uh, not the Royals aren't listed. It, it said they would list, they would take over the broadcast of the of the uh, networks that are losing money. So mm. it lists it lists it says six teams are losing money. It only lists four teams in the article, not the Royals. I think it was like the Guardians. Uh, I think the Diamondbacks were one of them. And you mentioned the Diamondbacks. The reason the Diamondbacks are kind of so what happened is they 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 made their first payment to teams except mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks because apparently the Diamondbacks had some clause in their contract that allowed them not to get paid. So, oh, geez. So I don't know if the law, some lawyer is getting fired there, 
But, um, but you know, that's going to probably run out for all teams pretty soon. And so I think MLB is going to take a lot of this in-house. Uh, and I think they're still trying to work out all the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Everyone keeps asking, hey, this is mean I can still watch the Royals. I, I think you will still be able to watch the Royals. Yeah. Uh, but on what vehicle will it be? Bally Sports Kansas City? Will it be MLB TV? You know, will they find some different avenue? I don't know. There's a lot. This is kind of unprecedented in sports. And it's not mm-hmm. just baseball teams that are being affected by this. NBA teams run on a lot of these channels, too. Yep. Uh, and NHL NHL well. is, yeah, they're really up a creek. NHL is at least. But please go ahead. No, no. And and and, and so this is going to be, you know, it'll be interesting to see how all this all gets resolved. If maybe these sports leagues have to take a major equity stake in in the in the uh, the, the 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 networks uh, if they get sold off or, or I don't you know I don't know really know what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, it's I think Royals baseball we will be on TV in some respect. It's just a matter of, of where. I will say I'm not planning on uh, re-upping the the Bally's uh, streaming option, to be honest. I'll uh, Thankfully, I am out of the Kansas City area, so I can just pay for MLB TV and get most of the games, except when they come out to uh, Washington and Baltimore. So I, I really hope that Royals fans have that option here here in a little bit. Maybe this is the vehicle that gets the uh, the blackouts gone and we, we finally get unrestricted access to Kansas City Royals baseball. Well, Max, we're going to take a quick ad break and coming up, we'll be talking about some of the World Baseball Classic stats and Nick Prado specifically. Stay tuned. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. And we're back here on Royals Review Radio. Jacob Milham here with Max Reaper. Now, Max, I so I just got done sitting down writing an article and I don't know how, but kind of off the top of my head, I pushed out about 750 words about Nick, about Nick Prado, who I, I don't feel very like. I guess, passionate about him and his immediate impact on the opening day roster. But as I started looking more into the stats and looking more into his spring training performance, I did get more and more passionate. So Max, before we, you know, just start talking numbers, how do you, how do you feel about Nick Prado so far this spring? Is he good, bad, ugly, or somewhere in between? I think so far this spring, he's looked fantastic. Um, I think he's made a, I think he's a guy that probably, was not going to make the roster starting, you know, starting camp. And he's kind of forced the issue a little bit. Now I'm still one of those guys that doesn't think like spring training stats should mean that much, but mm-hmm. I do think when he, there's a young player who kind of holds his own and, and really impresses, uh, it's got to make you at least uh, reconsider 
whether or not he should be on the roster or not. And, you know, this is not like some guy that's jumping up two levels, right? He was at AAA last year. I've seen some big league action. Uh, it would not be like crazy to put him on a big league roster at this point. So, you know, I think he's going to force the issue a little bit. And it's interesting. They had him start in right field this week. Um, so maybe if they want to start Vinny at first base, Nick is versatile enough to make some starts in right field. So I, so the, the fact that he's starting out there makes me think, okay, well maybe he's got a shot to make the roster. Cause I don't think they would necessarily do that if they didn't think he would have a chance, uh, but he's looked really good. I mean, I think he's, he, I think exemplifies a lot of what they're trying to do with the new hitting philosophy of being a patient hitter. Who's looking for a pitch in a specific location and doing damage to it. And I think he's done a really good job of that. He does get into trouble with that. Sometimes I think he, sometimes he's a little too selective, uh, but, but I'll kind of take that over a guy that's just hacking away. And I think he generally has a pretty good approach. Uh, and, uh, and he's an athletic first baseman that I think can play the position position really well. Um, so yeah, he's, I think he's an exciting player. I know he didn't set the league on fire when he came up last year, but, um, he's a guy that definitely has, I don't think plus power, but 15 to 20 home run power with a good glove, a high, a high on base percentage guy. I mean, I'll take that at first base every day. So I think he's, I think he's got a fair shot to make the roster now. I don't, I don't know that I put money on it at this point, but he certainly put himself in the conversation. And uh, if he doesn't make the roster, I think there's going to be a lot of fans kind of myth that he doesn't. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that because there is if if Prado doesn't make the opening day roster, I think they, they have to have some sort of plan to move him off of first base a little bit more full time. Um, even when he was with the Major League Club last year, the majority of his starts did come at first base. Um, I think he had about 13 starts in the outfield, seven left and six and right. So he does have that Major League experience in the outfield already. And the Royals are kind of feeling a little bit of a, a little bit of a injury pinch, if you will, in the outfield right now. And I don't know if this would be as big of a conversation if Edward Olivares was lights out. Um, I will say I have not been too impressed with with him this spring training at all. Um, and he doesn't look he just doesn't look the same out on the outfield right now. I don't know if he's dealing with some, you know, just getting his body ready or he's just dealing with an injury right now. But I'm sure once opening day comes, we'll hear a little bit more about that. I I really like his versatility for the Royals right now. I think that is they kind of need a good option out and left. They need a good option out and right. And if Vinny is, you know, Vinny, he shouldn't be expected to be a first baseman every single day. Um, he's never been known for his athleticism. It's always been his approach at the plate and keeping that plus glove that I would even call it gold glove caliber defense at first base. And Nick Prado, I think there's a lot of value in that as well. Um, some one little tidbit that I did find. So baseball reference has a, uh, a score, a scale of one to 10 of the pit of the pitchers that batters will face. And so 10 is like major league baseball level. And then one is like low a level. And they do that only during spring training because a lot of batters will face a lot of different pitchers. And sometimes it's not always the best guys. Now, Nick Prado is tied with Freddie Fermin with an 8.2 score on that scale of 10. And he's, he's doing fairly good now a lot of other guys are getting their stats inflated because they're facing players who will be in double a or, or triple a in a couple of months. So 
I do have a lot more faith in Prado's stats this spring because he is seeing high quality competition. I will be interested to see if they try him out in left field a little bit more during spring training. I think that's an option that they should explore, but I think that he could be an opening day starter out and right. And if, if something happens, he's the break glass option at first base and push comes to shove. He could always be a designated hitter. So I, I would put money on him being the opening day guy, but I think, do you have a little bit of hesitancy because you would rather see him get every day time in Omaha rather than be on the, on the bench in Kansas city? I think if he's on the roster here, he's going to play every day. And I think he'll yeah. probably be at first base. If the, 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 the move to the putting him in the outfield, I think is more about on the days when Salvi has to DH hmm. Vinny won't be able to DH then. And Vinny will play first base and maybe Nick plays right field. Uh, so that's more about keeping him on in the lineup. Um, but I think if he, if he's up, he's, he's in the everyday lineup. I don't okay. look. He's a former first round pick. He's one of the top hitting prospects. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that they're kind of counting on to at least be a solid regular in the big leagues, mm -hmm. uh, for this rebuild to work. And so if he's up, he's playing and they okay. have room for him. I think it's not like they have, I mean, I know Vinny's playing first, but he can DH and they'll find, you know, if Prado has a little versatility, they can find, uh, his spot in the lineup for him. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of talking me into making the roster now. So, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I think he's a guy that, like I said, he's not a guy that's jumping up two levels. Like he's, he's been in the big leagues before. So yeah. um, if he has a hot spring, you kind of think, okay, well maybe it's your time to, to kind of build on that and let's see what you can do at the major league level. And if it, if you, if you don't, if he doesn't hit well in April, you can only send him back down. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with demoting a guy. I mean, I think, uh, I think Dayton Moore was really kind of against that. He didn't want to, he wanted a guy to come up and that, and then he's up for good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that necessarily needs to be the case. I mean, sometimes, a demotion is a nice wake up call to a guy like, Hey, you better get your butt in gear and get your career going because you may not be back in the big leagues. And I think, right. you know, I think it worked for Mike Moustakas. I think he went, got demoted and came back up and was a better player. Alex Gordon famously got demoted mm -hmm. and was a, became a gold glover and all-star after that. So, um, you know, that's always an option as well. So, you know, maybe you put him on the opening day roster and see how he does in April. And if it works out great, you got a first baseman for the next couple of years. If not, well, you can always send him back to, Omaha for more seasoning. So it's nice to have options, you know? Yeah, that is true. And speaking of options, I do recall that Nick Prado does have two minor league options remaining. So there is some, some, um, what's it called? Lateral flexibility, if you will. Um, and this is, this is going off the cuff, but I do, I do know that Q has talked openly this spring training about, Hey, if a guy is going to perform at the plate, we're going to try and find him a spot in the field. Um, now I know he was talking about that with Michael Garcia, who I am. I'm not sold on making the opening day roster right now, but I would assume that that mindset also applies to a guy like Nick Prado, if you will. So I, I liked hearing Q talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I think Prado has a good shot at the opening day roster. Max, any other thoughts on Prado? Well, no, just moving, one was moving aside to Garcia real quick. It's yeah. interesting you mentioned that. I think it's really interesting. They're trying to get Garcia in the lineup at different positions at third base mm -hmm. and center field, because my impression of him, and I'm not going to say like, I am a huge Michael Garcia and like, I know everything about him, but my impression of him, like his value is in shortstop defense. Like he's a good yeah. defender at shortstop, 
who's got a, an okay bat. Uh, but so, so the fact they're trying to do, you know, whatever they can to get him in the lineup at other positions, it's kind of interesting. It says, I think it says a little bit something about what they think about his bat. And look, he, he came up to Omaha last year and hit kind of unprecedented power for him. Like he'd never yeah. been much of a power hitter and then came up and hit seven home runs in 40 games or something like that, which, you know, maybe that's a fluke. Maybe that's a newfound source of power that he, you know, he, a new plateau that he found for himself, a new level. And if they really believe in that bat, all of a sudden, maybe he, his bat will play at third. will play in center field. I don't know. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. They're moving him in different positions because, you know, ordinarily you wouldn't think a glove for a shortstop would be a good third baseman, yeah. uh, at least, you know, offensively. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I don't, I agree. I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster, but um, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in Kansas city. No, and it's look, I I'll go on my soapbox. I've I've been openly supportive of Bobby Wood Jr. should be the one sliding over the third base and locking that down for the long term because there's so many options at shortstop, especially Michael Garcia for the Kansas City Royals. They they talked on the broadcast the other day about him getting some work out in right field. I you know, they're, they are trying everything to, to be fair. And he is a great athlete. He's got the speed and he's got the, the jump for that, if you will, to survive out there in, in right field. I just, like you said, I just don't think that's the best use of his talent. The most value is at shortstop, the position where Witt Jr. just struggled so badly defensively. So I know Q, I know Piccolo have both talked about, hey, we're going to give Wit another shot, a shortstop. And they, I don't know how much patience they have. It sounds like they have a lot from, from what I've seen. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say it sounded like they're going to ride with him the whole season, no matter what. But when you're talking about reps and just like basic technique stuff that Q was, it sounds like they're really investing him for this year. So I think a lot of folks are going to have to find their way onto the roster around Bobby Wood Jr. If, uh, if you will um, Speaking of third base, what you, what have you thought of Hunter Dozier so far? I like, I think the, I think the defense has been okay, which you're never, you're never going to expect a, a plus glove at the hot corner from Hunter Dozier. But I think, I think it's been all right. Like kind of palatable, if you will, for, for the opening day roster, at least. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna take, you know, the volume of evidence we've had in the last couple of years. I will say yeah. his bat has not looked as bad. So it looks a little quicker. Um, I think Lesky mentioned something like he thought the, the bat, his bat was staying in the zone a little bit longer. Uh, so he does look, and he looks a little more confident up there. So we'll see. Again, I'm not a huge uh, spring training stats believer, but there are little things I think that do, you know, provide some evidence on the season. And he, he doesn't really, have, I don't know. He doesn't really have to be like great, yeah. you know, just like not, don't be a negative 1.5 war <laughs> player. Yes. Um, but, but he's the reason I think Michael Garcia will be up here <laughs> before too long. Cause I, I like, I, he can look good in, in, in small stretches, Dozier, but I think over the long term he's just too much of a liability over there at third. And look, Garcia, you know, even if his offense hasn't reached a new level, He's he's a heck of a heck of a defender out there, mm-hmm. and um, I think when you're trying to develop a young pitching staff, you want guys that can convert outs, and that you know even if Garcia is not hitting, I think he can um, you know outplay Dozier at the third base position. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they make that switch before too long. 
Well, you know what? Something I didn't think about just right now is I I wonder if they want a prospect, a former or a former shortstop, if you will, in Garcia at third base because of the of the new shift rules. They're they're going to have to cover a little bit more, um, a little bit more space if they want to make the most of these shift rules. And at times it might be the third baseman out on an island on that side. And I think Garcia, well, I don't think I know Garcia has more of a of a range and a jump than Dozier does at third base. So that that might be something to watch. I am I am excited to see Garcia full time, whether that is in Kansas City or even at Omaha, because I think he is going to be like the next man up in any capacity for the 26 man roster right now. Um, Max, any more thoughts on Garcia, Dozier or Prado before we move on? No, I think it's a good point. You raise about the shift rules uh, being a factor. And I know Q has mentioned, like he thinks it could be to the Royals advantage because they have an athletic team uh, defensively. And I'm thinking you do it a lot of positions, but not third base. And like yeah. Garcia there. So, you know, if you do want to maximize that athleticism, certainly you want, you know, Garcia or Nate Eaton, who we haven't really talked mm. about, but he's, he, I think he's a factor at third base as well. So yeah, we'll have to see how that all shakes out. It's good that Dozier's playing well, but I, you know, ultimately I, I think I'd rather see some of these younger players get a chance over at third base. That is true. Well, Hey, here's another option that we have not talked about at third base. He's currently the third baseman for team Italy, Nikki Lopez, who I, I know he played third base uh, actually quite a bit for the Royals last year. But we're not talking about his defense. Let's go around. We are talking about his performance at the plate so far in the World Baseball Classic. Um, he's he's doing doing amazing stuff for Team Italy. He's a 500 hitter in like through four games. Uh, he's got a triple, a double, seven RBIs. Listen, if you have Nicky Lopez leading your team's OPS, that is uh, th- that is something to behold in my mind, right, Max? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. It seems like he's having a a, a lot of fun out there, and mm-hmm. uh, he had a nice play on the on the uh, defensively out there this week. Uh, I legged out a triple, which was fun to see. Uh, and I don't know if you saw the t- team. Italy has an espresso espresso machine in yes, the dugout. In the dugout. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Maybe the Royals need to invest in one as well because maybe that's the the key to success for Nicky Lopez. But uh, it's yeah, it's nice to see him get a you know some big moments on a big stage and. Uh, uh, the world, I don't know. Have you caught much of the world baseball classic? I know USA I faced off against great Britain, uh, over the weekend, the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic, Venezuela game was pretty lively. Oof, uh, yes. have, you, have, have you, uh, what's, what struck you from the world baseball classic? It's, it's just the energy. Like it's, it's so, it's so different from spring training. Like, and I'm not just talking about the fans. I'm talking about the players as well, because we're, we're seeing these guys that have been kind of stoic or they've been seeming more methodical with their major league team. And then they go out there, they play with their buddies from their country and they're, they're just having a ball and it's, it's celebrations. It's, you know, I, I recall team Italy doing the, the Italian stereotype celebration. <laughs> like it's Nikki Lopez standing on the base doing that. So it's, it's been fun to see. Um, the only, the one thing that I can't get out of my mind is like, what if, because it's a high, it's a high octane experience to watch the world baseball classic, much less be there. I couldn't imagine how frantic it would be if you had the pitch clock there because 
like things are there. They feel like they're moving fast, but they're really moving. You know, they don't have the pitch clock. They don't have the shift rules. They don't have any of the new Major League Baseball rules. It's all old school, if you will. So I, I think it would be cool to kind of condense it down, but I'm I'm having a ball and I did. I stayed up a little late to watch a game one night and I did not regret it. So that's always a good thing about baseball, right? Yeah, it's, it's, first of all, yeah, it's more high intensity baseball, which is always a fun thing. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting without a pitch clock, uh, you can really see the difference, right? Like, I think yeah. that the, the the game I watched yesterday was like three and a half hours long, which like no spring training game is is really going yeah. over three hours. So it does make a difference. But yeah, they are a lot more intense, and it is a lot more fun to watch than like your your normal game. So uh, it's been a treat to watch. Uh, but it's it, what's also interesting is that. You know, we can talk about the numbers that guys are putting up, but it's like such a huge disparity of mm-hmm. like talent levels. I mean, for, I like the guy, the Czech Republic had an electrician, like no, no, oh, he's an electrician geez. and he struck out Shohei Atani. Like <laughs> talking about like some random dude gets a strikeout, the best player in the world. Like that's amazing. That's going to be a uh, lifetime so, story, isn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. Like how's he, how's he going to work the, you know, next month? <laughs> like, oh yeah, dude, I struck out. That guy's got nothing. I got, yeah, I struck him out, you know, easy. So uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I, I'm glad baseball has, has its back because, uh, and I hope more people tune in uh, if they aren't already, because it really is a treat to watch. It is. And and granted, it is at weird times, but these games are going on all over the world. And before we get out of here, I do want to I got to shout out Robbie Glenn Denning. Um, oh, he yeah. is doing he's doing great stuff for Team Australia. He's got two home runs when whenever Absolute you have a, rockets. Yes. Like no doubters. These aren't just eking over. And it's he doesn't look like a double A player out there like he is he looks like the best player on team Australia, which I know might not be saying too much, but still the best player in his, in his country. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that any day. Um, and he's kind of, he's kind of a journeyman who, uh, you know, the Royal signed, I think a year ago, I think he went to Mizzou. I don't know if he graduated, if he, that's the program he ended up getting drafted from, but I know he spent some time in Mizzou. Uh, but you know, he could be a guy, you never know. He's, he's, I think kind of versatile plays a lot of infield positions and he's got some power. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for him. And this is maybe the chance to show off what he can do a little bit on a bigger stage. That's true because he did, he did have a good stat line in uh, Northwest Arkansas last year, but he is kind of, like you said, he, he's a journeyman. He's 27 years old. He's still in the minor leagues. Um, if he is going to burst on the scene, kind of now now is the time to do that so it will be certainly something to watch i'll be interested to see how the royals handle these players coming out of the world baseball classic will their showings there affect their ultimate assignments at all that'll but that'll be something that we'll be talking about more here in a week or so um speaking in a week or so max is there anything that our listeners can watch out for at royals review coming up no, we got the way we might mention this last week. We have the results of that survey we put oh, out about yeah. Royals fans. Uh, seems like Royals fans are are not wholly on board with the downtown stadium yet. So there's still still some work for the team to, to, to do to sell that to the public. I think uh, Royals fans, not, not as optimistic about the team as they were last year. It seems like mm-hmm. there's still, uh, there's a lot of discontent over a slow off season. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of fans want to see some um, a salary cap or something to uh, to deal with the, the the huge disparities between teams and spending in uh, in baseball. So you can see all the results over at Royals Review. Uh, kind of interesting results. Not a scientific poll, uh, but we did have over 800 uh, respondents. So 
a pretty good sample size of, of, of fans that, that uh, let us know their thoughts about the team, uh, downtown stadium and baseball in general. For sure, for sure. And also, please go make sure you uh, you check out Max's 500 words on why Jorge Bonifacio will be an impact player <laughs> for the Kansas City Royals, because apparently he is back with the team. Um, how, how weird is that? He just kind of showed up and like no one knew. He did. <laughs> like some some somebody uh, tweeted at me. It's like, hey, I think Jorge Bonifacio is here. And they they sent me a picture and he looks kind of big now and i was like i was like oh you gotta be you maybe you mistook that's gotta be someone else and then annie rogers like tweeted us she's like oh yeah i guess Jorge bonifacio's in the in the in the, in the uniform he's uh in camp so yeah it's so him. weird yeah it's <laughs> i i saw that picture and it's just the back of him so just yeah. as before and my i don't know why but my mind automatically went to is it is that emilio is is emilio yeah. back in baseball or something yeah but it's gotta no. be a third brother maybe i don't know oh yeah yeah, maybe it's uh listen still haven't seen anything from jorge bonifacio so i'll uh, i'll believe it when i when i see it <laughs> but max uh thank you so much for joining me tonight is there anything that you would like to add before we get out of here nope just uh looking ready i'm ready to you know get get uh wrap up spring training here in a couple weeks and get uh real baseball all right sounds like a okay. sounds like a plan to me if folks want to find you on social media where can they go just follow me at uh, M-A-X-R-I-E-P-E-R on Twitter. All right. And then, of course, make sure you go follow Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. And again, my name is Jacob Milham. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Milham, M-I-L-H-A-M-K-C. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. And until next time, go Royals.